Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I'm very excited to bring our special guest today, my dear friend who also happens to be my cousin, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson is a believer, husband, father, adventure athlete, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and coach to elite level business owners. His passion in life is helping others create personal transformation in the areas of life that matter most. Chad calls those the quote, giant five, faith, marriage, parenting, health, and using your God-given gifts to earn, serve, and minister. Chad has bought, built, scaled, and sold several multi-million dollar companies and currently owns three companies and coaches over 400 entrepreneurs with Strategic Coach. Chad and his wife, Janice, delight in building up marriage with two annual events. Chad and his wife, Janice, have been married for 30 years in August. They have 11 capable and faithful children and seven grandchildren. They just completed a nine-month tour of the U.S. in an RV with the family, visiting 39 of the 50 states. Chad, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Thank you so much, Alan. What a treat to be here. I am so excited that we finally aligned our calendars to make this happen. I know you're a busy guy, and I really appreciate you taking time to do this. I was hoping that we could just start off by, I read your bio, a little bit about you for everybody listening, but if you could just elaborate on your background for all of our listeners, that'd be great. Absolutely. My background, my bio could have read Ski Bomb and and never graduated high school, never graduated college, failed at more businesses than I want to account for, was addicted to pornography at some point in his life. I mean, you know what, Alan, it's so interesting when you say things like you just read. I'm sitting here overwhelmed by God's goodness in my life, his grace, his ability to take an average guy, a very weak guy and by his power work through my life in a way that I hear you talk and share Chad's bio and I'm like, God is just really, really good. So first of all, thank you for what you're doing. I remember Alan being in your kitchen talking about the name of your podcast and what it could be and brainstorming with you. And I love what you came up with because to me, it's so beautiful, right? Everybody has a story. And when you asked me some questions to think about coming in here, it was really cool to replay that and see, like I said, what God has done in spite of me and in and through me and for me. But I grew up in an awesome Christian home. I was one of eight kids. I was homeschooled back in the 70s and 80s, which was very uncool at the time. It was very weird in California. My parents were pioneers. Like I said, I never got out of school. I couldn't spell GED. I'm kidding. I took the high school proficiency examination at 16 because I didn't like school. I was frustrated by school. I always felt bored. I always wanted to be learning. It was funny. I always loved reading my own books, you know, the books that I picked up outside of school, but school books somehow bored me. And I say all this to say I started at a young age just really loving learning and loving this whole ability to create value for people. And I started out by wanting to ski for a living. As I mentioned, I got 
into becoming a ski patrol, got my EMT so I could get paid to minimum wage to ski. And I actually thought I had figured out my life when I was there at the ski resort and I had started a little coffee business and people were lined up at my little espresso bar down at the base of the area. And I'm skiing and I'm seeing people buying coffee at the shop. And I said, oh, Lord, I found my mission in life and whatever. Apparently had much more for me. But Alan, over the years, God has just brought me through one thing after another. I left the whole ski patrol world because I got married, had a few kids and met the woman of my dreams who, like you mentioned today, I mean, I think, and I know Nicole Allen, and I know her impact on your life. And I sit there and go, I think of my life before Janice and my life after Janice. And it was like, God knew what I needed in bringing me this person to take me from one world to another world. And I wouldn't be anything that I am if I didn't have her in my life. And I think the same thing about my relationship with the Lord and coming to faith in Christ, those two relationships. And that's why they're the first two of my giant five are foundational to everything that started to work in my life, everything that started to bring me life. And so we got married, we started having children on the business side. I was really, really one of these guys that had trouble figuring out what do I want to do? I was starting little things. Like I said, a mobile espresso business. I started a t-shirt company. I started a little mug business. I was failing. Some of them made some money for a while. Some of them didn't. They got closed down. I started a window cleaning company. But it was around that time that my brother, uh, David, who's a captain in the fire service, said, Chad, you're married. You have kids. You get to grow up and be responsible, get a real job. So I went back to school and I became a firefighter paramedic and I got hired much like you doing your CHP thing, right? We're going, hey, steady job, right. great benefits. We're going to be public servants, wear the uniform. And I love so many parts of that, but my entrepreneurial spirit was just dying as I was going to these union meetings. And they're like, how do we get a 2% cost of living increase? And I'm sitting here going, how do we create value for the city and make income for the department? And they're like, what are you thinking? You know. And I realized I was a fish out of water in that space. And Got a year off probation at Redmond Fire as a firefighter paramedic. And the chief comes to me and he's like, hey, congratulations, you've got 24 years left. And it sounded like prison doors had just slammed shut on me. I was like, no, I'm not doing time. I'm not in prison. you know. And so I came home, I told Janice, I said, I've got to do something else. I don't know what it is. And I started praying through it. And it was around that time that a dear buddy of mine, Mike Willis, that I grew up with, was working in finance with UBS. And he had gotten the MBA and the international degree in finance. And and all this. And I'm this firefighter paramedic. He says, hey, would you come work with me? I'm like, in finance? I mean, suit and ties and talk stocks and money and math. And I'm like, I'm a fish out of water. But I knew I wanted to jump into a world that had unlimited upside, unlimited downside. And that was that world. So spent three years in that space almost. And I learned so much. And we had success together. But it was around that time my father called me, said, hey, we want to come to LA and jump back into the family business. Long story short, I ended up running that company for 19 years and just saw the Lord bless it and really scale and grow and build our team and grow from 60 employees to over 140 employees and see six times top line revenue and profitability more than almost 16 times. And it grew me, Alan. And it was along that way, the Lord was taking me through a lot of spiritual lessons that I needed to learn. I was married and I was in an accountability relationship with my wife and we were having these children that the Lord was blessing us with. And the complexities of all of that really were difficult. We'll talk about some of those challenges, right? But through it all, God's faithfulness. You know, the scripture talks about a righteous man falls seven times and get back up again. And I have just seen God redeem me, forgive me, sanctify me, put me back on my feet time and time again. 
and grow me and draw me to himself and restore me, restore my relationship with my wife, restore my relationship with my kids, fulfill his promises in James where he says, if any man lacks wisdom, I'll give it to you. I'm that guy that needs it every single day. And so about eight years ago, I had joined a coaching company about 18 years ago because I needed it to scale my business. I really needed input. And they started to teach me how to build a self-managing, self-multiplying company and what that looked like and how to find freedom around time and money and relationship and purpose. And I joined them as a coach. And so I've been growing with them. And again, it it became this kind of part-time thing that just brought a ton of fulfillment. And it really opened my eyes, Alan, that I wanted to get out of the widget, glass packaging, screen print labels, manufacturing, and really focus on people development and personal transformation and seeing people go from wherever they are to where they want to be. And that today is my 25-year vision from now. I just want to be useful to the Lord and be available to pour into people in what those giant five priorities, they are so real to me, Alan. I wake up every day and I think about these things that it starts with my relationship with the Lord. If I'm right with him, then I can now, and I'm experiencing his power at work in my life to overcome the obstacles and not just be defensive in my faith, but then I can be bold in my faith to share what Christ is doing, has done, and can do for someone else. And then if I'm right with him, I can be right with my wife. Because if I'm not right here, I am the worst husband on the planet. I mean, the absolute worst. And with him flowing through me and his spirit at work in me, then I get to be right with Janice. And if she and I are right, and boy, is that magic, right? And I know what you know that that is. Then we can be right for our kids. We can come to our children as a united front and parent together the children the Lord has given us to steward. And that is my third priority in life, to see them come to faith, to see them marry well in the Lord, to see them find their calling and their gifts, and to be all that God created them to be. Scripture says there's no greater joy than to know that your children walk in truth. And boy, do you and I share that, that desire and that feeling. And we know, and boy, did we have you had some wins, right? We both have wins and we're celebrating recently in that. Yep. So I say that third priority is that. Fourth is Life and business is an energy game. Marriage, parenting, it's an energy game. And if you come with your best God-given vitality and energy and steward what he's given us, that fourth priority, I lost my health twice in my life. And I found myself unable to be effective in my relationship with Janice and helping her and leading and guiding and loving and serving. And same thing as a parent and same thing in business. So I tell my coach clients, I tell everybody, Man, take care of protecting your energy so you can give A-level energy to all the priorities that really matter. So that's four. And I know we share that. And we actually run a business together around that, which is so awesome. And then number five is if all four of those things are right, now what has God gifted you in? What is the talents that he's put in you that are so unique to you that nobody else could ever fill your shoes because he's anointed you, he's called you, he's put these things in you. And yes, you've cultivated them, you've learned And to be able to use those God-given gifts and talents and unique abilities, as we call them as strategic coach, to earn, if he's called you to the marketplace, or to serve everywhere, create value, and minister. And Alan, I find that for me, the tendency is for number five to flip to number one. Business is so easy to find metrics to measure. Oh, I'm winning. I'm losing. I'm gaining. I'm lost. They don't give out in my neighborhood, hey, number one husband of the month award, or you crushed it in 2022. They don't. And they don't do that for parents. But in business, they do. Boy, do we get it everywhere. And so I think we have to keep, I call it flip success upside down. And I just, my goal is to help successful people or people in general, keep those priorities 
that God has called you to. And so the next call in my life is the next 25 years is pouring into that. And that's the work I get to do now. So we're doing it with married couples. We're doing it in parenting. We're doing it with some of the coaching I get to do, some of the events we're doing now. So that's my heart. And I just want to be to the Lord. Well, that gets us to, I, I think you're 52. I'm 50. We're two years apart. So 25 more years gets us to 77. Yeah. I'll be 75. Yeah. Is that just as far as we're planning right now? I'm just oh, no, curious. No, no. What about the 25 years after that? Or is that just, oh, I just another episode for another day? It really is. Because I find that I like three time periods in my life. I like 25 years. I like three months. And I like today. Okay. 25 years just really blows out my thinking. Of what can I do in 25 years? I mean, you can start from scratch. You can start today and build whatever the Lord has put in your heart and mind. You and I both know that because you see right. what can happen in 10 years, five years, right? But 25, boom, we talk at coach. You want to 10X your business? A lot of people freak out at like, well, I've already grown it so big. No, you get 10X in the next 25 years. That would literally be 1% every quarter. That's all it right. is, 1% every quarter. And then I look at three months because 90 days is a crush it time period. And then really I've only given a day. So those are time periods. And in 25 years, the Lord's going to put me in a different place and he's going to give me a new call. I love it. Yeah. I love it, Chad. So bringing us up to current date, you're coaching, you're doing marriage and retreats and another retreat, you said? Well, the two retreats, and we'll talk about those. One is for people that are doing high-level planning and they're, they want kind of an exclusive high-end luxury event. We call that G5 Summit. On the other side, we do a newlywed coaching event that we've been doing for 16 years. And these are couples that have married two and a half years or so or less. And just getting them coaching early on in their marriage so they could build an awesome marriage rather than letting them kind of try to figure it out and then try to do counseling later and therapy and all this stuff. No, let's coach them up. And it's so cool to see what God has done over the last 16 years in that. And then again, as I said, building a health and wellness company around whole food nutrition, been involved in that for 22 years and really seeing that take fire. And you know all about that. Right. Because we're partners in that. And then I have a real estate holding company that we're managing. But really, I've said no to so much, Alan, as I go into 2023. It's said, you've got where you are by saying yes. And I believe it with all my heart. And I know I'm going to get with the Lord where he's directing me next by saying no to every distraction and letting him really perfectly backing into yes. You know, that's my big challenge. And I've been doing a really good job of it, which creating a lot of space in 2023, what the Lord has. Isn't it weird to think at 52 and again, I'm 50 years old to think you mentioned me being a police officer with the California Highway Patrol and you being a firefighter paramedic, whenever that was 20 some years ago or whatever for each of us to think about either one of us doing a 30 year career. And I know some people are wired for that. Absolutely. Where we are today with all the things that are so diverse and different that God's called you to and that you're succeeding at in such a big way. You've had a ton of success, Chad. I know you're a coach to many millionaires and multi-multi-millionaires, and I understand you're extremely successful at that and everything. By the way, I absolutely have been waiting for this interview for a long time because I know we align with the giant five. That's my heart. And that's what I try to define success as. And it's so much more, as you said so clearly, than just financial success or business success, which is so easy to measure. And the others are not so easy to measure, at least by the world standards. You bring up a great point. We don't get trophies, ribbons, and accolades for marriage, parenting, health, any of the others. Yeah. So anyway, I love it. You're living it. And I'm just so glad that you're coming on here to share this. And I want to get to some of the challenges because like me, I know you've had some challenges in life as well. But what would you say has been 
one of the keys to your success? You know, Alan, it's not even close. What comes to my mind when you ask that question It's Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That single verse, that single biblical truth has been the most transformative thing in my entire life. In 52 years, that verse, realizing that God so fearfully and wonderfully made me. And then he tells us in Corinthians that we have the ability to take every thought captive And I was a young man that didn't know how to captivate my thoughts. I was a young man that was overrun by my emotions. I was a young man that was on this roller coaster of peak moments, but a lot of down, a lot of wallowing, a lot of self-defeating thoughts and language, things that were not true. That verse in Romans 12 too, that verse in Corinthians, it says that, and that verse in Philippians 4, 8, that literally says, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you how to think, Chad. And as believers, we're given pure gold by the Spirit of God to say, hey, funnel your thoughts. I call it a Philippians 4 filter, baby. And if it doesn't make it through the filter, if it's not true and honest and just and pure and lovely and worthy of virtue and worthy of praise, I am not to think on those things. And a lot of people, Alan, including myself, we stop at truth. And I could start telling you things today, Alan, that are true about me, true about my past, true about things I've done. So true. They would not bring life. They are not lovely. They're not of good report. They're not virtuous. They're not worthy of praise. And for some reason, when I used to look back, I used to measure my life somehow by those moments rather than saying, no, I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been made new. Scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, they passed away. Behold, everything is new. And so me realizing that the most important real estate in the entire world is between my ears, that God gave me this ability to conform my thoughts to his way of thinking. I get so blessed and overwhelmed with gratitude at what God has allowed to happen in my mind. And now I get to see science catching up with scripture and all the books, you know, Carol Dweck, Mindset, and Switch on Your Brain, and all the things that talk about neuroplasticity and the ability to actually renew our minds and to build a new brain that thinks according to God's truth, that's a believing the truth brain and mind. It's just the biggest gift ever. And for 18 years, I've been going to Strategic Coach every single quarter because I find the rest of the world doesn't even think this way. And often even in the church, and Dan Sullivan, my coach there, basically took this concept. He calls it the gap in the gain. And he says, hey, you've got to measure backwards in a way that actually allows you to look back. And I put it in my words, to look back and see what God has done. So Alan, that singular realization and then corresponding habit of letting no thought go unchecked in my mind. My mind is not a playground for thoughts. I get to choose. And when I get to, by God's strength and power, recognize and think about my thinking and realize, is that what God says about me? Is that what he says, who he says I am? Is that really what's lovely and honest and true and just? And if not, to be able to exit it. Anyways, that's it, Alan. That is the thing. And it's the thing I want to most do in the entire world is to help people realize that every thought is either building me and my ability to be who God says I am and to live into that and to bless others because of it, or every thought is literally destroying me, undermining me. You know, so many people aren't successful today in the areas that they have set goals in because their mind is running 
them ragged. It's beating them up. And they think somehow by self-flogging or telling themselves the truth about you suck or you're a loser, the things I've said before, I mean, so many accusations against myself instead of saying, whoop, nope. And so it's still an ongoing, beautiful thing. I mean, I get hit with stuff like you do every single day, but God's given me this ability to say, wait, check that thought. Nope. Cut it. I'm walking. And the super highways that I feel like the Lord's allowed me to build in my mind that serve me now because of those ordering my thoughts according to the world and that what used to be the super highway have now become rabbit trails. They become weeded over, grown over little bunny trails in my mind. And I just praise the Lord for it because it's his work. It's his truth. And I get to live in it and walk in it, but that's it. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I did a whole episode, episode 15, a few episodes ago on that topic that I titled maximizing your success by mastering your mind. And I mentioned some of those verses and some of the same principles that you just got done saying, Chad, it's been a game changer for me as well. And many, many other people that I have the opportunity to work with and coach. And like you said, it is an ongoing battle that will never end. But I do love that. Is it Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Carolyn Leaf? I think that's the book you just mentioned. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's it. I love it. I love the book. And it's been such an encouragement to me to just to confirm what the Bible says, but to confirm that, man, I can rewire my brain. Like you said, those old highways become, how'd you say it? Rabbit trails. That's exactly it. They just go dormant. And Ellen, that book is absolutely so powerful because it takes biblical truth and science. It says, see, look, and I love that. And the other one that I would encourage people to get is that gap in the game by Ben Hardy and Dan Sullivan and look through it because it does take another practical look at that same principle being applied and that discipline of doing that. And what's crazy is Alan, you said, when you talk to other successful people, I'm going to argue that every truly successful person has taken massive awareness and they've made this a part of the disciplines and habits of their life in, in some form or another. I believe that. I believe they have to because otherwise it'll destroy every one yeah. of us. Yeah. In some way, it'll yeah. sabotage us. That's right. Stinking thinking. That's right. That's a great, great point. I don't know all of your challenges. I know some, but I know after anybody's lived any certain amount of time, they've faced some challenges and you're not exempt from that. What would you say is one or more of the bigger challenges that you faced in your life. And I asked this question of every one of my guests. And the reason why I asked this is because people like yourself and others I've had on the show, it's so easy for us all to look up to people like you and think there is no way they've had any significant challenges in their life or how in the world could they be so successful in their marriage, in their health, in their life, in their business, in their finances. And that's just not true. And I think it's very encouraging to know, hey, I'm not alone. Anyone within earshot of this podcast is not alone if you're facing a challenge, have faced a challenge, or one's ahead of you. So I love asking this question, Chad. I think it's so encouraging. What are one or more of the bigger challenges that you faced? It's so crazy as you're speaking, Alan. My mind is literally going through these points in my life that have been, I mean, really, really low points, right? Really hard points. I mean, I'm going to say there were probably three and I'm bouncing around between them even as I'm talking. But the first one was the fact that I grew up as someone who's incredibly passionate and didn't know how to control my emotions. So my emotions controlled me. And so I was basing my life on how I felt about things. And then my thoughts would run away from me and I would literally get stuck or I'd wallow. And I really struggled. A lot of people don't know this. 
but I struggled a lot with depression at different periods of my life, really, really debilitating depression that would go on for weeks where I would literally not be able to perform even on a mediocre level at the areas that were in my life. And this is early times in my career. These are early times in my marriage. And during the, I mean, I would say almost the first 10 years of my marriage, these were real struggles. Other struggles were, I was a guy who had massive dreams. I've always been a dreamer, but I wasn't able to align the doing and align the execution and the faithful discipline or the habit building that was going to support those dreams. And so I jumped from one thing to the next. I mean, I think I've moved over 26 times in my life. I've had about nine different career changes, right? And you sit there and I know, Alan, you're smiling because you're you're my little twin over there, right? I forget we have so much in common sometimes until you say that. I think we've moved 22 times is all. Yeah, it's all. (laughs) We struggled with poverty. Okay, poverty, like financial poverty, the first eight and a half, almost nine years of my marriage, which while I was having five and six and seven children. I mean, there was a time in my life, Alan, I was living in a wall tent in a trailer, paying $300 a month rent with six children for two years. And I look back at that time, and I'm going to say that again. I lived in a 20 by 16 wall tent, canvas, like a hunting tent. 320 square feet. A small camp trailer for two years while I was trying to overcome one of my business failures because we were $50,000 in debt on a credit card. We were driving one beater van, you know, a little minivan that my wife shared. She drove it actually. And I rode a little scooter, not a like electronic or a cool e-scooter, but literally a scooter you push with your leg to the train station. So I could ride the train into LA to go to work because I was trying to dig our way out of debt. And the burden of that, we had just had Kimberly, our sixth child, I remember back there and just the stress that was on my life and on our marriage and on our family and the hardship, it felt like we couldn't breathe. It was suffocating. And I felt like every time I tried these things, I would find these momentary successes only to collapse back into failure. And I didn't realize at the time, I almost separated success into something out here rather than, Lord, who am I becoming? And I think it's so interesting because this challenge and the goals in our life and the opportunities we have are really there as a catalyst to really transform us as individuals, to grow us, to make us aware of our need of Christ, our need to grow in capability and character and skills and all those things. And the whole season of that journey, my goals never faded, my dreams never faded, but it was absolutely brutal. That other one that comes to my mind is coursing through that. And I'd love to talk to you about this at a different podcast was I struggled with my own sin, Alan. I struggled with my own sin. I struggled with this lack of ability to overcome my flesh, which scripture talks about, you know, the, we wrestle with the flesh and the spirit. What is this? And I thought I had trusted God for my eternal salvation and I knew I had, but I really wasn't seeing his power at work in my life to overcome, to overcome the lust of my flesh. And so that wasn't something that the Lord brought me real clarity and freedom until 33 years old, because it was right around nine, 10 years of marriage. And I'm sitting here going, so I brought a lot of hurt into my life and into my marriage. And so, you know, when I look at each one of these things compounded up till 2830, I feel like I'm still a late bloomer. I still feel like I'm running on two cylinders, but I'm not the guy. I look at young men who seem to just have their act together at 22 and 25 and 27. I look at some of my son-in-laws. 
I'm like, man, I wish I could have been you, right? Where you're at today. But the Lord was taking me through a journey and having to learn things. And so much of it came back to my relationship with him, this learning to think, learning to cultivate disciplines, habits, skills, capabilities, learning to trust him for everything. So, I mean, I hope I didn't muddy the water there, but no, those almost all three came together in this cocktail. It was a failure cocktail for me. Yeah. And you've already shared that you had a lot of negative self-talk and I'm getting the picture that was all kind of rolled into those early years of marriage in your twenties, maybe and into early thirties where you were dealing with poverty. You were dealing with, as you said, not being able to control the lust of the flesh, not having victory over sin in your life and even struggling with depression in those periods of time. I guess what I want to know, and I'm sure everybody wants to know is what changed from you know, your first, I'll say 10, nine years or whatever of marriage and however many different careers and all these challenges, and not that you haven't had challenges in the last 20 years, I'm sure you have, we all have, what changed? Because I think a lot of times that that is the number one attack that people are facing is the voices inside their own head. And you've already addressed that in the thoughts. Well, Ellen, so key, because as you're speaking, first of all, there's no doubt that the singular thing is the power of Christ to live victorious today. Okay. I mean, in scripture, he talks about, he came that we would have life and life more abundantly. He talks about in first Peter that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. He talks about the fact that he's given us his divine promises that by these, we might escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. And he talks about the ability that he came and he put us to death and he raised us again in newness of life. And it's interesting because I think at the core of all of this, Alan, there was a theme that the Lord was really pouring into my life. And he talks in Proverbs all over about in the multitude of counselors, there is victory. Alan, I feel bad for the individual today. First of all, who's thought they went to school and now they're doing life and they've stopped being a passionate lifelong learner and grower. First and foremost, the whole time I was going through my seasons of struggle and challenge and whatever, I was going to people who had what I wanted. I was seeking them out. If I heard a man was solid in his marriage, I'm going to that man. If I heard a man that was growing well in his business and balancing his family life, I'm going to that man. I'm picking up the books and I'm reading. I'm listening to their cassette tapes back then. Okay. I mean, right. I was a voracious consumer of Lord teach me. I was going to God's word and I was memorizing passages. I was doing all this learning and growing. And it was that constant pursuit of Lord mentor me, teach me, grow me that led me to different resources. And one is life coaching, right? At, at the age, at same, about the same time I was finding this breakthrough, I came to strategic coach. I locked in. I, I found a quarterly rhythm that worked. I found coaching that worked both my business, but I applied it to every other area of my life. And I find that if someone doesn't have a coach, you don't have to pay big bucks for coaching, but it should be feel like big bucks to you. You need to invest in something where you put skin in it and it requires your attention and it puts you all ears, all eyes, and you're going to do and you're going to take action. And then the second thing is as a student and going and seeking other people's you know, wisdom and counsel, I found a Bible study that really made a difference in understanding who God is, what he's doing. 
So it was like, it was accumulation of being a lifelong learner and student and never resting in that, okay, this is just what it is. Never falling into complacency of even through all the lows and all the difficulties and all the struggles, I never had this feeling of I'm going to quit or I got to quit. And I, I see that I came really, really close. Okay. I mean, to the point of just utter despair, but anyway, so Alan, again, I seriously would love to at some point circle back and get on a podcast with you and, and spend time about just kind of honing it down to that one thing. But I would say it would be that being that a lifelong learner, seeking godly counsel, seeking godly mentors, seeking people who are experts in what they're doing and being a fruit inspector, Alan, there are a lot of talking heads out there. There are a lot of people that are saying, hey, do this, do that, do this. And we need to blow right by their words and we need to go to their life and we need to inspect the fruit and say, hey, Do they have what I want in reality? Is it there? Is it present? And if so, listen and put yourself with them. And I would say this, Alan, I've I've heard this from a mentor of mine, and I thought it was really cool. And he said, there's three kinds of mentors. There's there's soul mentors, which mentor spiritually. There's spiritual guides. They're bringing biblical truth. They're pastors, preachers, or just godly men or women. They're just saying, hey, this is truth. This is truth. Those are soul mentors. There's role mentors. They're literally like, that guy's the fittest guy I know. And I need to be with him or he's healthy. I want to take what he takes or do what they do. So that's a role mentor because maybe that healthy person really isn't that great at all the other things, the marriage or their finances or whatever, but they really care and pay attention to that. So there's roles and maybe they're just going to finance, whatever. And then there's whole mentors and whole mentors are literally rare because Alan, I believe you're a whole mentor. You want to touch all these areas of life to say, I'm keeping that balance and I'm keeping those priorities, those giant five priorities. Because when you find someone that you can kind of lock into and say, hey, I want to be around. I love that concept. And I'm really always on the lookout for those three kinds of mentors. Who's a whole mentor? Who's a soul mentor? Who's a role mentor? And be clear on who they are because sometimes you don't want to follow everything they're saying, right? right? It's like reading a good book, taking the nuggets, spitting out the bones. And that's the role mentor. If I understand, it doesn't have to be someone who's fit or healthy. The role mentor could be any kind of role you're saying. That's right. They're, they're a niche. They're great. Maybe they're the best in the world at snow skiing and I want to learn how to ski. And yet their faith, nothing, you know, so I'm not going to listen to all their noise. I just, I'm going to get their course on how to ski technique and throw out all the rest. But it's helpful because I think people sometimes will allow somebody who excels in one area like business to become their mentor. Right. And not realizing that they're spewing Things that may be good for finance, but maybe undermining every other area of their life. And some of these people are on their fourth marriage. Their life's a wreck. You know, everything's a mess. And you're sitting there going, but I'm listening to all their stuff and I've kind of packaged it together. So I hear people and I go, be careful. And what allows us to filter? God's word. Take it back to God's word. Hey, is this person speaking truth? Okay, because someone could be, like I said, someone really good. Anyways, that's something that's really been helpful for me. It's a golden nugget. It's a golden nugget that nobody has brought out on the show yet. And I really appreciate you saying that because it's so easy to really find a role mentor, as you were saying, that you really connect with and you want to ski like them or you want to do business like them or whatever, health, fitness, whatever the, the role is. Yeah. And not be conscientious to not let the other things that they're communicating yes. or teaching affect us negatively when they're not a whole mentor. That's right. Like I would describe you as, as well, Chad. So thank you so much for saying that. That's another valuable, valuable thing. How, when you look back at those challenges, I know there were others, but the, the ones that you mentioned and any others, how do you view them now? Like in hindsight? You know, it's so funny, Alan. I used to see a lot of those things as negative things. And by definition, they're negative. Their definition, they're negative. Poverty and 
lust and I mean, mental health issues or whatever, they're negative. Yeah. But it's such a gift to be able to see that God is able to take and make beauty from ashes. It's the business he's in. He takes dead things and he makes them alive. That's what he's done with me. What he's done with you is what he does with believers. He takes us, we're dead in our trespasses and sins, and he brings us to life. And if we think about it, that's what he's in the business of doing in every area of our life. And I get to look back at every single one of those things now, and not one of them am I dragging, Alan. And this is critical. This is so critical because I think a lot of people, they're dragging a lot of things with them, and they wonder why they can't be free. They're wondering why they can't get momentum, why they can't get where they want to go. And it's because they are carrying a heavy burden. Scripture says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. People often go, Chad, why are you so joyful? Why are you so light? I carry no burdens. I have no burdens in my life. He carries my burdens. And I'm going to tell your audience today how God gave me this awareness that I can be free of my burdens. And one is, he says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that beauty of, hey, man, that's dead, gone, unfree is cruel. But there's another part of it that I found super advantageous, and that is to take anything that's heavy in your life, anything that you're today, Satan's on your shoulder going, hey, this is the thing. Yeah, you could be good, but you could be good, or you could excel, or you could grow, but it's there. Take that thing and write down. And it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how embarrassed you are about it. Take it and write down, okay, what actually worked or was a benefit because of that situation? Which sounds crazy to say. How could being molested have anything good in it? How could be addicted to pornography? How could be a slave to poverty or bankrupt? or struggle with alcoholism, right? Or have your kid go through this difficult season of life where they're struggling. And how could there be anything good? We look at scripture and he says, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything, not for everything, but in it. So we look at it and we go, okay, what is in that that I can give thanks for? Looking back now, what is it that I can be grateful for? What is it? And I'm telling you, Alan, I've had people have the darkest past be able to sit down and start to take their issue and look through, what is it that I can give thanks for? What is it that God did? What is it that I learned? What was the gain in it? What was actually the hidden blessing in it? And then what didn't work, okay? Be honest with it. Hey, this didn't work. I trusted the wrong person. You know what? I was a slave to my own sin because I believed my circumstances, not God. I was self-destructing in my thoughts. I was not taking my thoughts captive. I wasn't believing the right stuff. I had no disciplines. We can go through whatever and list them all out. What is it? What is it that worked? What didn't work? And with this awareness, who am I now? And what do I get to do now with this good awareness? That's the learning. And Alan, when we have learned from our past and God has shown us why he took us through, why he allowed us to go through, he's sovereign. He can allow things in our life. And I believe he does. He allows trials to refine us. He talks about that in Second Peter, where he talks that we would be refined by fire and come out shining as gold, right? And Alan, I know so much about you. You're my dear cousin, my brother and Lord. I've watched your journey. I've walked with you through some of those journeys. And I sit there and go, the gold that I get to see in you today is because you went through the fire. And none of that gold would be as refined, as beautiful, as useful, as honoring to the Lord, as powerful if you hadn't gotten those things and learned from them. So I get to look at every one of those things through that lens. And if there's something that happens today, 
that's negative, that's challenging, that's overwhelming, because I am, like you, going to be faced with trials in real time, hardships, difficulties. If I can take that look back and say, Lord, what'd you do? What am I grateful for? What worked? What didn't? What did I learn? I capture the learning and that thing is released and it no longer has a hold on me. And I don't have to carry it anymore. In fact, God has used that now as a gift in my life to allow me to be more useful to people going forward. I'm free of it. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to be ashamed of it. There's no accusation. There's no guilt. There's none of it. I'm free. And so, Alan, I'm such a fan. You know this, and I know you are as well, of freedom, right? Freedom, man, there's nothing like freedom. And I'm talking about not just freedom of time and money. That's awesome. But man, being free in your spirit, your soul, to be free in Christ, to be free of the accusations of others or Satan or or your own condemning thoughts. There's no joy that's close to that, to be just so free. That's my heart, man. And that's what came to my mind. What I'm hearing you say is, yeah, the pain wasn't fun. I mean, I can agree the pain wasn't fun. And some of the things are really ugly. We'd rather not have to go back and look at and dig up again. But at the same time, Cody Hollister said it in a previous episode. I don't know what number it was, but he said some of the deepest wells, I think this is how he said it. Some of the people with the deepest wells, the deepest wisdom, the deepest insights, the deepest character, those sorts of qualities that we all admire in other people are the people that have been through some of the hardest, most difficult times in their life. And it's to the point that you just said, it's where we're refined. It's where we grow. I genuinely can say as much as I dislike the pain of past challenges and even current ones that I'm still walking through to this day, dislike them. I do love the fruit of them. And I do love what comes out of it, as you were saying. And I can genuinely say, I feel sorry for people. I know everybody has had challenges, but I do genuinely feel sorry for people that have had relatively very, very light, light challenges because they don't get to experience that in some way they miss out, I believe with all my heart. So I hope that is a huge encouragement to all the listeners, no matter what you've been through. It may be difficult. It certainly is difficult, but it is so advantageous in some way, shape or form. And especially for those of us that believe God's word, we know that he says he takes ashes and makes beauty and that he uses those for good some way, somehow in our life. And that's so encouraging to me just walking through them. It is. And without that perspective, I wouldn't want to have to walk through the challenges I have walked through and the ones that I have currently and ones I'm sure I'll have ahead. So I really appreciate you sharing that, Chad. Would you say it's given you a greater platform? Is that one of the advantages that you always come back to when you take a look at your past challenges? It's so funny because I think a platform is is big audience, right? Because I know people have platforms. I mean, to me, you have a bigger platform than I do in so many ways because you're communicating on different platforms or your social media or podcast. I don't, you know, I'm kind of in a room one off with people and doing my thing. But I see this. I feel like it has massively increased my usefulness and my capability, right? That God has said, I'm going to take you through things. I'm going to allow you to overcome challenges because I want to increase your usefulness to others. You're going to be more capable in more situations, right? And that increased capability brings me an incredible opportunity almost wherever I go. Yeah. And so, yes, in a sense, it absolutely, I, I think I'm thinking it in a different way, but yeah, for sure. It's increased my usefulness and capability. You bring up such a great point because in this day and age where social media platforms are typically used when talking about platforms. I didn't even think to mean it that way, but yes, just your 
right. capability and ability to relate with others, to identify with others, to minister to others, to encourage others, platform in that way. I would think that's what you're saying. You definitely have experienced, correct? Yeah. You know, as you were talking this week, I was in two rooms at Chicago as a client of Dan in a program they call the free zone. Right. And Alan, the whole time I'm in the room, I told Janice, I go, Lord, why do you have me in this room? I'm by far the smallest fish in that room. I'm a little tiny fish. And the Lord's opened up some big doors for a little fish to be in the room with all these big fish doing some really crazy, cool things in the world, entrepreneurially, right? Business-wise. And she said, Chad, I know why the Lord has opened the door for you to be in that room. Is because scripture talks about that he's going to take us and he uses the weak things to confound the wise. You know, he says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I realize as I look around through life, Alan, I am one of the weakest guys I know, but I know the most powerful God on earth. And he's at work in my life doing supernatural things every single day that blow my mind. And it's just it's so cool to think that as a conduit, right, that ambassador of Christ, that we get to bear his truth. And he says in Psalm, he says, if you know my word, I'm going to give you more understanding than your teachers, than your professors. And you sit there and go, what? I mean, someone who has a PhD who spent all their life going to the top Ivy League colleges, Lord, you're going to allow me to sit at the table and have conversations and not be ashamed or to sit with the elders at the gates. And I feel like that's what God has done and is doing in my life, Alan. He's taken a weak everyday dude and that really has in himself nothing. And yet he brings me his promise of wisdom, of truth and all these things. And he's been able to put me in places I never could have imagined on my own. And I think that's for everybody. I don't think it's just me. I think it's you. It's it's what he's done with you. It's what he's doing around us. And so I just really want to press on people's hearts. You know, to chase success is a dangerous thing, scripture says, in itself, right? To just gain the world and lose your soul. It profits in that man, nothing. But if we seek it first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he will add all these things. Psalm 100, he says, hey, man, seek me, right? Be in my word. And so I just want to point people back to Christ, point them back to his truth, the foundation, that if he's not front and center, if he's not the pinnacle of all that we're doing, there's so many distractions out there and so many things that call us away on. But yeah, the place that the Lord has put me in today, I'm like, wow, he keeps blowing my mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm along for the ride. I love it. I appreciate your humility because I know majority of everybody that knows you, I would guess everyone that knows you looks up to you and would feel like the small fish next to you. So I love hearing you say you view yourself as the small fish in the room with some big fish business wise anyway. But anyway, all that to say, I know humility is one of the things that makes me respect you so much, Chad, among many, many other things. What would you say if you could go back in time and tell your younger self before you went through all those challenges? What would you say to your younger self if you could go back in time? Start every day by choosing your thought. Love it. Start every day. My thought every day, Alan, for the last, I'm going to say over seven years, when I realized that I would wake up not thinking Philippians 4. I would wake up in the gap, so to speak. And I realized I need to wake up with the intentionality that my first thought matters and I get to choose every thought after that. So that's it. My thought, by the way, is thank you, Lord four. And then I get to fill in the blank. And it just takes me immediately to who, you know, the author and finisher of my faith. And it allows me to give him praise and thanksgiving, which Psalm 100 says is the ultimate place to be. And that's it. And, it, and I fill in the blank. And so I cannot wake up right now without my thoughts may start to go somewhere. And I immediately, oh, no, thank you, Lord. And it just puts me on that path of relationship with him and thinking right. 
What a powerful way to start the day. I love it. What is one piece of advice you may give to somebody that's in the middle of their storm right now? And they're listening to this episode, grasping for air, figuratively speaking, in their life. What is one piece of advice you'd give to them? Go to the fundamentals. You've got to go to the basics. And the basics are, in my opinion, plan your day in advance, go to bed on time, get up and spend time in the word, exercise, and start taking care of what you put in your body. It sounds super crazy, simple maybe, but if we're not taking care of the foundation, when things get rough, people start to let all those basics go and it undermines their confidence. And my coach says, hey, the number one thing a person needs to do, an entrepreneur, a successful person needs to protect their confidence. And your confidence protected will allow you to make the right decisions, will allow you to execute on whatever's hard that you're going through. If you're fanatical about those fundamentals, go back to the fundamentals. They're often the first thing we let go of when things get hard. We start just staying up later, not getting in the word, not exercising, not eating right. And it undermines our confidence and we execute poorly and we self-perpetuate the challenge we're in. When things are going good, it's easier to do those things. When you're in the middle of the fire, you're saying it's harder to do those things, but it's the time when you need to double down. Double down on them. Yep. I love it. The basics. Do you have a favorite success quote you might want to share with our audience? You know, I think of so many different things that come to mind immediately. There's a million, but I, I like the one, um, you can have everything in life you want if you help other people get what they want. A whole Ziggy quote, right? Because of the fact that our lives need to be about service. Any situation, you know, the thought of what does that person need? How can I help them? Allows us to, to be useful. So I love that quote. It's one of my favorites for sure. Love that one. What are you currently excited about when you think about the future? Oh my gosh, Alan. I feel like I got freedom from, we talk a lot about freedoms and I got freedom from, I sold two businesses in the last 18 months. They were factories, they were widgets, they were a lot of complexity. I loved them, but I'm free of them and I'm free too now. And I talk a lot about freedom from, freedom too. And the freedom too is really a freedom to recognize that God has given me an incredible foundation. And as I look at my year ahead, I have four days a month that I'm coaching and the rest of my time is mine to execute on what the Lord has prioritized in my life. And so I think that, and I am planning the most epic 30th anniversary trip for Janice that I just want to blow her mind. And I love celebrating romance and relationship and all these things. And in part of that, I'm going to kind of relaunch my book, which was about our love story called How to Win a Heart. And so that has a lot of juice around it for me. And I'll be sharing more with you privately about some of that. But yeah. Can't wait. So that's no secret. It's okay that she knows on this episode. She does know about the, the 30th. There's going to be a lot of surprises in it. She knows there's a right. trip coming up. Okay. 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 Got yeah. it. Got it. Well, that that is exciting to have four work days a month, the rest to focus on whatever it is that God calls you to do and a 30th blowout anniversary trip. How exciting. I guess we're just one year ahead of you. We're heading into our 31st here in a few months. What would you say is one habit that's helped you become successful? It's crazy because Alan, almost everything in my life is habits. It's funny. Dan says we're a hundred percent disciplined to our existing set of habits. I beat a dead horse here with the habit of choosing my thoughts, but it is the foundational habit on which all other habits are stacked. I would say the other one is getting out of bed and putting on my running shoes because of the fact that I need to be in motion. 
And I then, as I go out and start my run, my morning, I get outdoors and I start my day with praise and thanksgiving while I'm moving. I'm a guy, if I just get up and I grab my Bible, I fall asleep and I lose concentration. So that probably is my foundational habit stack. And from there, all my other habits start executing in a habit stack. I love it. So you start right off the bat in the morning with the run and the gratitude Thanks yeah. as you run so yeah. that you're not sitting or laying nope. and no, nope. I don't do I don't know with that stagnation. I'm I'm a mover. Yeah, that's my thing. How about a book that you'd recommend? You've already recommended two. I don't know if you have another. And by the way, awesome. I want to just say you mentioned how to win a heart. That is Chad's book, incredible book. If you want to hear a love story written by a man who is in a prolific writer. And another thing I really, as I think I just emailed you today or yesterday about just saying how much I respect the way you write. I wish I had the skills. You're an incredible writer and that's an incredible book, but do you have a book that you'd recommend in addition to, or would one of those two be the go-to that you'd recommend for this audience? Again, those were thematic around this mindset and thinking and whatever, Alan. Yeah. And I'm not being cliche. We've got to make the Bible front and center as believers. We've got to spend our time there. We've got to start there. We've got to hide God's word in our heart. We've got to meditate on his word day and night because that allows us to filter every other book, in my opinion. It's just the filter other book. But yeah, if someone is having trouble with mindset, gap in the game. No doubt about it. It's a guy from there. My mind just goes a million different directions, Alan, based on what someone wants. But I would leave them with gap in the game is probably being the, a paramount one. How many books do you think you've read, Chad? In 52 years. I know you haven't been reading for 52 years because you're 52 years old, but. Alan, I mean, for years I've read one book a week. So, I mean, there's just 52 books a year. A year yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it's thousands. Janice reads one book and meditates on it and processes it for the year kind of thing. And I just need a lot of idea flow to keep me going and grabbing nuggets as I go. But yeah, I'm always reading probably three to four books at the same time. Incredible. I love it. What is the best way for our listeners to connect with you, follow along on your journey? So glad you asked. I think, Alan, my kind of weekly content right now is an email I put out every Wednesday. I call it Five Win Wednesday. It's around kind of the giant five. And it's just really my own personal learning and things I'm grabbing from business, life, marriage, parenting, health, whatever. And I don't even have a website. You talk about platform, Alan. I mean, I don't have a homepage, but my one event that actually that triggers that website is called G5 Summit. It's our high level marriage event that we, we do annually. But if you go there, it'll pop up window and you can subscribe to that email. And that would kind of be the conduit to everything else. If you are a high performing entrepreneur, go to strategiccoach.com and check me out there and, and you can sign up for any of our workshops and things there. If you're a newlywed, go to newlywedcoaching.com. And we have our annual retreat in February, doing it for 16 years and just passionate about pouring into Christian young couples. And if you, again, want the book, you could go to howtowinaheart.com or on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. But those are, yeah, those are some of the, the ways you could connect. What is the Newlywed website? It's newlywedcoaching.com. Got it. Okay. And we'll put all four of those links in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. So you can check down in the show notes and grab any one of those four links or just click on it and check out Chad and some of the exciting things that he's got going on in his life. Chad, do you have any closing comment for our listeners as we wrap this up? You know, it's interesting. I'll leave you with a verse that I absolutely love. And it's, it's Jude 24 and 25. It says, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy 
to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Alan, God is good. I just want to be a, an ambassador of his. I want to live in his truth and his light. And I want to be of use to whoever God would allow us, you and I, to be of use. And I want to thank you, Alan, for the work that you continually do. That is just that. You're constantly elevating others. You're constantly in service of others. I respect you so much. Love you. Admire you. Can't believe I get to be not only related, but a friend and a co-laborer with you. Thank you so much. And the feelings are mutual. Honored to get to be friends, cousins, partners, and everything else with you and look up to you so much in so many different ways, as I know so many others do. Excited about all the people that this episode will encourage and just want to say thank you for taking time to come on here and sharing with our audience. Thank you, Chad. Awesome. Love you, man. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contact page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.